take out the vital organs and you burn all that stuff. And that takes care of the problem. You are now listening to From the Pit. It's killing a lot of people. Man, what? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! You fucking son of a bitch! <laughs> Uh, Goddamn God piece of shit. <laughs> Why don't you tell what? people what's going on? You know what? He just blew their ears out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, welcome to an episode of From the Pit. If you are listening to this, there's a very real possibility that all of us except for Tom are dead. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have no idea what everyone just heard. Uh, we, had to, we had to pause for a brief audio issue. Yep, as we do. So uh, I'm sure this is going to sound horribly disjointed, and I apologize for that. Um, yeah, but that, that opening was just too fucking good, though. Uh, can't, we can't get rid of that. Is what it is. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. Little little different on this episode. Uh, if you haven't heard one of these before, which if you're fairly new, you probably haven't, because we haven't done one in over a year. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of our backup episodes, so it's likely some sort of a holiday or emergency or whatever the fuck else is going on mm -hmm. that we couldn't be in studio. Uh, yeah. So rather than talk about new bands as we typically do uh, and leaving them stuck on the back burner until we have a fucking emergency, which is a really shit approach, uh, we use these episodes to talk about bands that we might not otherwise get to talk about on the on the show. Uh, yeah. Um, I believe I, I'm always the one to, to point this out, but basically the idea is these episodes are where we talk about bands that really aren't old enough to be old, but aren't new enough to be new per se. Yeah. Something where otherwise I'd have to bring it in for a bruise to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we might I very feel well like, still bring them in for bruise. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like most of the shit we cover in here, um, Goes from like at earliest from like late nineties, like ninety eight to ninety nine, up it to like well, what what would you say like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve? I mean, it's really it, any any yeah. mostly bands that aren't putting stuff out. So like, yeah. we don't really yeah. get a, anything to talk about on the show because our whole thing is new stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit, the band I brought in for this episode hasn't put out anything since two thousand three, and that's all they did. So I mean, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. anyway, holy shit, am I starting us? I think so. Yes, you, I believe so. Alright, well, fuck it. Tom, roll that.
That is just the sound of cheap beer. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Like if you if you could transcribe Steel Reserve, I mean that that is mm-hmm. what you would get. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, I, I want to just start shaking people. God, so so for anyone who doesn't know, that was the track "Endless Blockades" for the Pussy Footer uh, <laughs> by the band Gizm off of their 1983 release "Detestation." That's fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, 1983 in Tokyo, bringing elements of of classic metal into hardcore in a way that was completely revolutionary at the time. Yeah, I can see why... I can see why pretty much everyone in the hardcore and punk scenes, and even, like, the metal scenes, was, like, biting Gizm, or at least admitting that they were influenced by them. You said if from not where? directly biting them. Tokyo. I feel like Tokyo, brother. in the back of my mind, I knew that, but like he, I, I'm not very familiar with this with this act, and hearing that and knowing that so long, like what? Yeah, <laughs> really? It, mm-hmm. It's anytime I hear him, it always like it's the type of music that makes you just want to grab someone, start screaming, like, do you know what the fuck rock and roll is? <laughs> and then either they're going to be horrified, in which you just start beating on them, or they're going to be the same, and they're going to start screaming back, and it's going to be insanity. Yeah, uh, so... Frank, are you just talking about every time you go to a bar? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so... I just totally blanked. Um, the So, I mean, like, the hardcore scene in Japan in the early 80s, and even till now... I didn't know there was one. Oh, it's always been bonkers, dude. Um, Gizm... Galls, which is another one that I'll probably bring in at some point, uh, just way ahead of their fucking time. Uh, and there was, I don't know if it was just that because they were so far removed from where the scene started that they just, there was no stigma about genre mixing. Um, I don't know what it was, but for some reason they've always been very progressive uh, with punk and hardcore over there. In a way, I feel, I feel envious of having that mentality because yeah the i've never understood the uh 
the stigma against cross against crossing over genres. I mean, literally cross. Like, what do you think crossover? What do people think crossover is? <laughs> like, it's a fusion of heavy metal and hardcore punk. I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's already there. Like, stop complaining about it. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel kind of envious uh, of people who grew up in a, a scene without that sort of stigma attached to it. It, I feel like it probably opened up the doors, opened up the doors for a lot of interesting experimentation. Oh yeah, and I mean they were they took the aggression to an extreme over there. Um, you know, there's video of uh, of Sakevi chasing audience members with a fucking uh, chainsaw and a <laughs> quote unquote flamethrower. Um, it, it, it's it's all very ridiculous and over the top. There's another band I'll talk about at some point that actually drove a crane through the venue. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, very very wild fucking scene over there. And I would like if there's one scene I could I could go back in time to and witness, it would probably be that. Because uh, holy shit! <laughs> Absolutely, I didn't. I mean, my my number one choice would still be tampa during the mid to late 80s and early 90s but this uh i would say if, if everything you're telling me is true i think this might be a close second yeah it's oh i'll i'll talk more about the japanese scene in future episodes um lookism is massively important um so they, this was actually reissued uh recently i believe through relapse um i know the vinyls are sold out i have no idea uh, as far as the cassettes and CDs, uh, it's also the first time that any of their official merch has been available outside of the Netherlands and Japan. So that's fucking cool. Um, why the Nether? Why the Netherlands? I have no fucking idea. I was idea. thinking that, and I was like, I'm not going into that. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Um, but you can head over to gizmband.bandcamp.com. That's G-I-S-M, uh, which the acronym has stood for 500 different fucking things. Mm-hmm. Um you can look on their fucking <laughs> on their Wikipedia. My personal favorite is grubby incest uh, stripper mastitis. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't know. But cares then? I don't think the band cares. No, they didn't give a fuck. No fucks. Uh, yeah, Gizm's a lot of fun. Definitely go check that out. I and even just it's funny because like there's. Uh, there's that level of like even the the guitar playing where it's like it's very technical but it's still a little sloppy mm-hmm. so you can hear like you definitely notice them flub notes but it's also like I still couldn't do that and flub those like it's you know and the the sense of harmony in the guitar leads and solos is fucking incredible for a hardcore band in 1983 yes you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like early suffocation in which a, a good friend of mine once uh once postulated he's like i don't know how suffocation do it but they have the cleanest sloppy solos <laughs> the sloppy the sloppiest clean solos i've ever heard and i th- i thought about it for a while and i went back and i listened to like effigy of the forgotten and i was like you know he was right and i'm kind of i'm kind of feeling the same thing here some some like some of the sloppiest clean solos i've ever heard yeah it's fantastic anyway uh what we got next Oh, that's me. Oh, we boy. Going, we going back to one of my uh, one of my uh, one of my favorites oh, when I was in high man. school. Oh man, this this takes me back. Oh yeah, this really takes me back. So, uh, Tom, why don't you play that? <laughs> Where the same world 
for me but i never disliked shadows fall mm-hmm. you know the thing is a lot of like early to mid 2000s metalcore I, I would argue that rob roughly 98 percent of it was fucking terrible and derivative you know what though shadows fall i think much like unearth were one mm-hmm. of those bands yeah. yes that, i mean this band is not nearly as good as unearth were but you know what shadows fall were not that bad i agree with you on that one um I was a fan of both those acts growing up, and yeah. you're right; they do kind of sit in that same sort of pocket. Um, listen, I think it, I think history has proven that there's a lot more fondness uh, amongst the collective unconscious looking back <clears throat> at Shadows Fall than a lot of the other bullshit that was out. Yeah, and there was a lot of bullshit. It's like I understand well, I mean, that I'd right now. I go see these guys over Eighteen Visions anytime, and I think they also sit in the same pocket. Well, it's like you know. There, there's been a lot of attempted historical revisionism lately when it comes to new metal, which like it needs to stop. Really <laughs> needs to stop. I agree. People, people need to stop pretending as if there were any good new metal bands. There weren't. I and well, I, there were I, new metal I'm including, bands. Just, I mean, a lot of them aren't getting like play on the radios these well, days. Yeah, and but just like it, it distracts all of that bullshit. Like people trying to 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 pull the historical revisionism shit on new metal is distracting from the fact that there were actually a couple of early 2000s um, uh, metalcore bands who actually weren't that bad. That's what I was you know, like. Uh, like, again, <laughs> you named both those bands. I was Shadows Fall and Unearth for me. Yeah. And like, 
Hell, go even, you know what? Even Kill Switch Engage weren't yeah, Switch. Bad. Absolutely. Oh, dude, same they're, bucket, their same first thing. like four fucking albums are amazing. If you went yeah, into Hot you know Topic, I'm just going to come point. out and say it. The end, the end of Heartache is not a bad album. No. Fucking fantastic. Really I would never say that. <laughs> um, no. I'll say with Go Back, this was a, like 2005. So 16 year old me, you have these fucking catchy ass riffs. Mm-hmm. You've got good bass playing. You've got a good mix of screaming cleans, and it's not some like bitchy sounding thing like yeah and you also have leads on top of it which they're not face melters but they still just sound really fucking good i I mean i remember this song i think i had this album yeah you know it's funny i have uh it always left a fucking (laughs) i i had a conversation once this is in high school some kid had his fucking headphones and i'm like yo what are you listening to he's like oh you wouldn't know it it's (laughs) underground hardcore and i was like yeah yeah, all right what the fuck is it and he's like it's shadows fall and i just started laughing and was like shut the fuck up you nerd like (laughs) to put it this way i was not by any means into hardcore when i was in high school (laughs) i like shadows fall yeah everyone knew who the fuck shadows fall was that's what i mean like and any of the bands we named were making money off uh fucking merch and hot topic for like five years so it's also yeah. I wouldn't say it must have uh, been a good five years. It really can it you imagine have. how fucking good that must have felt to like actually be unless making was, money from merch sales? Unless it was just Century Media making all the money. I Probably. Don't know. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact: I'm pretty sure this is the uh, the album that has made Century Media the most money still to date. Like this one, this one. Get the yeah. fuck out of here! Yeah. Really, oh. dude, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, We're, this is when it. like Shadows Fall just fucking hit their peak. Like this was their peak. As Dennis would say, you peaked. Um, oh, uh, well, fucking. Um, I'm actually I'm on their Wikipedia right now. Um, looking at their sales. Uh, this actually this is not their highest selling. Did they album. beat what? No, their highest selling album is the War Within. That's all. Oh, Two hundred thousand pl- yeah, plus. This copies. is the War Within. And uh, by the way, apparently Threads of Life know. came out on Roadrunner and Atlantic. Hmm. Roadrunner. Was- yeah. So the war within came out uh, on Century Media. I think you might have gotten your albums mixed up. No, nope. no, no. This is the war within. Oh, is it the war within? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Like, why does the? Oh my god. Okay, I fucked up. I fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I think that video was just cycling through album covers. It was. I, uh... I think that's what happened. Is that I only saw? It. God, fucking asshole. Who does that? So <laughs> everyone out there knows this is not my fault. It is like the fucking idiot who made this video. God damn it. Shut the fuck up, Frank. <laughs> we're bringing it back. Shut up, Frank. <laughs> Word. Well, we're going to we're yeah. going to stay in that era. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. And we're going to stay oh. with with metallic hardcore in a sense. This is going to be more along the melodic side. But uh that's that that's what was getting my attention around this time. So, uh Tom, go ahead. <laughs>
I wish I knew Damn. about this. Uh, man, I mean, Hope's Fall kind of sat in this sort of a category with a couple other bands during this time, in my opinion, where to me it sounded very different than a lot of other stuff I was hearing. It was very abrasive, at least in the vocal deliveries, but melodically speaking, it was still very like intricate. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to kind of latch on to. <clears throat> and coming from sort of more your your area with metal and stuff, it, I needed that sort of complexity to kind of bridge that gap for me. Mm-hmm. And Hope's Fall, they did that, you know? I don't know where you were kind of sitting with Hope's Fall or like that category. I, I just kind of wasn't. Honestly, I think this is one of those bands that kind of, uh, that I kind of wrote off just because of the general crowd that was into them. Sure. Um I Which, get it. <laughs> you know, is my own fault. Uh, this is just young, arrogant Phil uh, being like, ah, these fucking nerds listen to this shit. Fuck these people. I mean, um, I did it so much, on, you know, myself. Um, definitely sold myself shortlist on some stuff that I could have really enjoyed. Um, Hope's Fall was funny, though. They were like, um, um, God, I can't remember the name of some of the other ones, but they also, their vocalist also seemed to suffer from uh, the throat polyps at a certain point. So their albums sort of started tapering off and sort of that aggression because mm. they had to. But I'll give them credit. A lot of their stuff all the way up to like, uh, I think it was like AB types, managed to be pretty damn good. There did get to be a point though where it was just too different from what I initially kind of bought in on. Mm-hmm. But back in 2001, when they released No Wings to Speak Of, I mean, that was hitting for me like real hard. <laughs> um yeah, it's kind of fun that we're keeping it in this little mm-hmm. this little time frame. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hope's Fall, they had a lot of good releases. Uh, I would say at least five that are wor- you know worth going back and checking out. Um, it's a decent streak. It was. And, you know, it's also nice to know that it wasn't necessarily by choice that they did a big tone change. I think they were just trying to stay right in music. Mm-hmm. So, Hope's Fall. Nice. All right. Well, I'm... Uh... I'm about to pull y'all back to back to earth in a real, real rough way. So, Tom, why don't you just go ahead and play that?
Oh man, I Oof. didn't want that to stop at all. That no. was Ooh yeah. I don't so know how that. I missed this. This is fucking amazing. I was two hours into my next paintball scenario. Like, oh that that is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um I mean, when I mentioned earlier that this is where we talk about shit that's not old enough to be old and not new enough to be new, uh, this is what I was. This is what I was talking about. This this is the definition of a, a one and done band because, as oh, far really? as I know, yeah, uh, as far as I know, Migaus have one al- one full length album and that's it. <clears throat> and it came out initially. So it initially came out in two thousand and three, uh, and it pretty much flew under everyone else's radar i mean it, it's crazy to think that this album dropped the first year that i was in high school and for almost two decades uh this this is completely flown under my radar i don't i don't know anyone else who knew about this and i just found out about it i think a month ago no not a month like two months ago um i ordered a physical uh three tracks in I was like, I, I, I got to have it. Uh, actually, uh, shouts, out, uh, shouts out to my buddy, Tim, who who told me about this. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I have the vinyl for this crazy fucking like Algonquin war metal band. Like, mm-hmm. you should really check him out, dude. He's like, I think you'll love him. And I'm like, OK, that sounds interesting. And I was fucking hooked one track in. I'm like, wow, this is <sighs> some crazy combination of like early mellow death, like uh, a Canoris quintet and um uh, Gates of Ishtar meets like Rotterdam, which I'm 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 about. So, guys, so I guess the the guys from uh, Night Shift Media uh, decided to reissue this in uh, 2018. <clears throat> yeah, N- Night Rhythms. Yeah, and it, apparently this was mixed and mastered by Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust too. Oh shit. Huh. Yeah. So this got the re-release treatment in 2018 with an entirely new cover. Uh check out the original cover for this album by the way. It's it's worth looking at. Uh, it'll it'll remind you a lot of like early uh Immortal covers. It's it's very much got that feel to it. If you've ever seen like the the Blizzard Beasts and like uh Diabolical Moon Holocaust covers. I think that's what that album's called. But yeah, uh, this got it's got it got like full new art. Like I think it got new liner notes and everything. And it's it's like I think there's only eleven copies of the CD left. The vinyl is sold out. But everyone should go over to migaus.bandcamp.com, m-i-g-a-u-s-s.bandcamp.com, and buy this. Buy the physical, especially. That track was called uh, "Open Fire" off of their first and only album, "Open Season." I honestly cannot say enough good things about it. I, like I said, I bought the physical before even completing the album, and the rest of it's just as good. That fucking melody was just insane. I yeah. like the variations they were using. There's oh, a lot. It interesting. There's a lot of interesting guitar interplay. Like I said, it, it very much reminds me of like early uh, a Canaris Quintet and Gates of Ishtar. They really got that. They really got that dynamic between the guitars down. Like they got it locked in. It's fantastic. Word. Yeah, word. I'm getting real. So go go buy that, man. It's such a good fucking album. I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this shit for like fucking over a month now. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's that's what I got for you. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up then. These do tend to be a little bit shorter, but at least we got something out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let me remind everyone that you can head over to fthepit.com for all of your from the pit needs, links to all the shows, this, that, and the other. Uh, should also be a link to the Discord there. 
Uh, hopefully, by the time you hear this, it's def- I'm pretty sure it's up now. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it is. Um, Patreon.com slash from the pit. You can get two bonus episodes every month. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. Uh, download on every platform that really helps us and please subscribe we need the subscriber numbers man yep we do we do we we need them more than whatever other bullshit podcasts you listen to yeah and it's a button you just click a button mm-hmm. yeah that's it and it's painless it doesn't really change much no if anything it makes life easier mm-hmm. it really does that's uh that's all I got for you and right? plus you you just you just give us five bucks and you know it's like you you probably pay more more than that for coffee every day. So what are you fucking whining about? Word. Word. Yeah. Well, on that note, good night, ladies. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>